This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you here. Thank you for being with me again. And if it's your first time, a big welcome. I think it's true to say that alpacas can change your life. They can certainly take over your focus at various times of the year. So we've got shearing coming up, as you know, but also there's Korea births not that far down the line. So those things start to take a focus and take your attention and your effort and and everything. There's the ongoing stuff of mucking out and all those kind of things. But the the other kind of high points of currently looming large are the shearing and the alpaca births. And I think we can learn quite a lot from our alpacas about how we how we live, how we prioritize things, for example. For Korea, for the babies, there are three main priorities. I think it's to eat well, to sleep well, and to explore like mad so that you can make sense of the world and live in it safely. And that's probably good priorities for all of us. I just thought, good, let's have a look at those things in turn. I mean, we, we did the Be More Alpaca episode back in episode 97, put a link in the show notes. I don't know whether you've been able to spend any time with the alpacas recently, but I hope so, uh, at least now and again. When you watch them, they're, they're really entertaining. They're very distracting. But I think they also teach us things. So career watching is on a different level. This is different to career watch. I'll talk about that later. But career watching is watching the babies. And when they're first born, there's a lot of focus, making sure that all the membranes are clear, making sure that they're getting up and feeding and, you know, they're doing all the things that they should be doing. And as you watch, there are things that you notice. One of the things that amazes me every time is about how quickly things change, how they rapidly develop, how the first hour, the first day, the first week, the first month, all of those things, absolutely packed, just amazingly scary quick changes going on. I suppose it's just like babies in our own families as well. And before you know it, they're walking, running, going to school and going out into that big bad world. And there's not too much that we can do other than the preparation we've done in advance. So doing the groundwork is really helpful, the interaction with them when they're first born. So giving Korea a good start is helpful. And the first feed is so important for that, of course, because the colostrum provides all the basic proteins and immunoglobulins, which give them the passive immunity. So they need to have that in the first four to six hours, uh, certainly 24 hours. Is, and after that, the, the stomach lining changes uh, subtly, and it doesn't allow the absorption of those large protein molecules to be passing through. So the first few hours are, are, are key in that. And that's why I love it when they come like textbook delivery. <laughs> Have you had textbook deliveries? You get one now and again. There's all kinds of other stuff going on as well, but the textbook delivery would be something like 11 o'clock on a sunny day, which is how our f- we were spoiled. That was how our first one arrived. Good old Megan. When she arrived, it was a sunny day, 11 o'clock in the morning. For the later ones, were then three o'clock in the afternoon on a really wet, horrible day, and you just can't really control the weather. the The females will adjust a bit. They will kind of, I don't know. I don't think they're just crossing their legs. They they do actually seem to have some control over the the birth timing, at least 
to some extent. I don't think they can keep going forever, but it really feels that way sometimes. So they can pick and choose and occasionally get caught out because you get a, some wet days. And then the first sunny morning, they can give birth and that might not last. It might change again by lunchtime and you're, you're back into the wet again. So when it's wet, you have to bring them indoors usually. Uh, certainly put a coat on the career, but if you're bringing them indoors, the babies are programmed, you see, to move towards the shadow, the, the shade, which is the underneath the mums going for the milk. But in a stable, the biggest shadows are going to be in the corner. So regularly we found that when we've had to bring them in and they haven't, or they've been born in the stable, then they do head for the corner and they kind of wobbly legs, but they're heading for the corner, which is usually away from the mum. So that's not so good. We need to try and give them the best start and it needs a bit more interference and uh, you need to stand back as much as you can. So not as good as a bright sunny day, but that's how it is sometimes. And the other thing is with the time of day, it's helpful 11 o'clock, anything after lunchtime, I start to get a little bit more anxious. And if it's later into the afternoon, even more so, because you're just not going to get as much time for the crea to get their first milk, the colostrum. Everyone settles down for the night. If it's too late in the day, they, they've only got a period, a short period of feeding before they they all kind of stationary settle down. They need their sleep as well, of course. So you start with a good feed and then sleep. It's so funny watching the babies. When they're first born, they cush. So they tuck their legs under them. They manage to kind of flop under the ground and, and tuck all their legs under them. And they sit there and they shiver. doesn't matter what the weather is doing, they'll be sitting there shivering. And that's uh, that's just normal. I've given, <laughs> given up worrying about that now. But it always used to bother me that they were shivering and they must be must be cold, I must do something. And actually, it's just normal. That's what happens. So they, they will sit. And then they do a lot of sitting and then they gradually gather themselves. Their eyes seems to gradually gain focus and the ability to look around a bit more. And then they, they get the urge. They want to be up and under the mum going for the milk, which is just wonderful to see. They sit there and their heads get heavy. There's a long neck. <laughs> There's quite a heavy head on the end of it. And they're, they're trying to to balance that and they're kind of nodding around and, and stuff. So you, you see them sometimes when they're falling asleep and they're, they're cushed like that. Not so much when they've just been born, but a bit, but later they'll sit there and their head starts nodding and they're moving around, and, and but the head is nodding. And then they kind of keep waking themselves up, and I'm thinking, "Oh yes, I recognise that." That happens sometimes after a after a meal, sat in the armchair, and away you go. Mm, Showing my age now. As they're sleeping, then they tend to most of the time alpacas will sleep cushed. Occasionally, you'll see them lying down. The baby certainly will crash out. If it's uh, an alpaca on its side, it's probably sunbathing, um, or its baby, and. They will do a little bit of sleeping on their side, but mainly they're going to sleep cushed. And then what they do, I don't know if you've ever seen this, watch out for this. They stretch their necks out, rest their chins on the ground. And it's that arching of the neck just seems to settle all the bones and the muscles into a really comfortable position so that they are able to maintain that position quite comfortably. They have little twitches and little nods and rolls of the head and things as they're, they're kind of dreaming and the like, but they do sleep uh, sort of sat up, not quite like a horse that can sleep standing up. That always amazes me as well. But so alpacas will will tend to doze. They'll they'll kind of just drift off slightly, just cushed with the the head, but up, upright. But when they're really sleeping, then they they rest their head down, and usually the chin's just resting on the ground. Yeah. So good sleeping, good eating, and being curious. Staying curious is an important thing for all of us. I think. But for alpacas, there's so many new things. They they develop the ability to move and to to run, follow on with the mum really quickly. And 
Therefore, it's all these new things. The first day, there's all packed full of new things. There's grass, there's the smells, there's all the aunties, all the, the other mums coming over and <laughs> checking them out. So they meet the, the herd group that they're in and they get a bit mobbed with that sometimes, but it's all part of being the new one, the new kid on the block. And they learn to be part of something bigger. So that will be a time of new things. It's, it's the bag blowing in the wind. It's the, well, anything moving. So any of the birds or when we had chickens, the chickens moving around, absolutely fascinating <laughs> for the, for the alpaca. What is that? So usually they're, they're kind of curious rather than panicky, but uh, mum makes a noise and you know, come away, come away. And they learn what's dangerous and what's safe. And there will be lots of things that will be first time experiences and the more of those first-time experiences that are positive, including being close to you when you have to do things with them, then that's that's all good if it's positive and they learn to trust you. Staying curious, learning as much as you can so that you can interpret the world, understand what's going on and understand how to stay safe in it. So that's the, the thing we learn from Korea, the priorities that they have, the things that we can take on board and I guess, become like them in a, at least a little way. Another thing that the, the alpacas will do when they're first, it's usually the second day, and they try their fast legs on for the first time, and away they go. They, they haven't got brakes, they can't turn corners, but they can run in a straight line. And this is all part of developing the skills of dodging and weaving, ducking and diving, all the things that they do. And you'll see them when they run in a group that they will dodge and weave. They'll they'll bend down and and put their head down close to the ground and, and kind of dodge and weave. Uh, it's all practicing escape techniques for evading predators. Of course, we don't have too many of those, but thankfully. But they need to know how to do that. And they, well, they love playing. It's, it's nothing as nice as seeing a, a group of Korea playing together. So, And the boys play very differently from the girls, I've noticed. Um, the, the neck wrestling and all that kind of stuff going on. So we haven't got any career due for a little while. So the shearing comes first. So that's the, the next thing that we've, we're just doing the final preparations for. Have you got the bags? Have you got the combs and cutters and all those things? So we do working through those final preparations. And then we're watching the weather because the weather's been awful. Do you know, we've had so much rain. The lake filled up and it's just continued. We have lots of heavy showers. It's a lovely sunny day today, but it's been such heavy showers. So we've got these uh, two pairs of Canada geese, which I told you about, and they, they're still having an understanding. They Regularly, they're in the field along with the alpacas. So we've got seven youngsters and one. So the, the goslings, there's seven of them plus one. Now, often there's eight of them together, and there's two of the older geese that are just stood slightly apart. So uh, the, the little ones flock together. So the, the little one who, who's kind of is experiencing the delights of mixing with, with other goslings of its own age, which is great. And just every now and again, they'll they'll separate off and the little one will come back to be with its real parents. <laughs> but I think the they're related anyway. So it's kind of grandparent duty <laughs> going on, which is quite fun. So they're looking after each other and uh, that's working quite well. But they, they're amazingly big. They've grown very, very quickly. And then uh, we've still got the cuckoo around. Amazing. Uh, I can't remember when it disappears. It can't be that much longer. But then they disappear off, having done their thing of leaving the eggs around. Swallows are busy. Lots of little swoops in and chirpings like mad as they're being fed. 
So that's good to hear. Um, I thought we were going to have more magpies this year. We don't seem to have had as many, which is good, but they are around. So they, you just worry a bit about them robbing nests. So they're around. And this, well, no, it was yesterday was the first time we saw close up, not far from the house. There's this owl. There's an owl on the post of the fence just near the house. Middle of the day, I can hear it calling as well. I've heard a few calls in the middle of the day. And then uh, yesterday afternoon, later on, he hearing some calls and things. And, and it was the calls of the alpacas that drew my attention. They were standing in the corner of the field and they're all pointed one direction, all staring at something. Couldn't see what it was at first. All staring at something and all with their uh, <laughs> the alarm cry going. And it was an owl. So it's, it's a fledgling tawny owl. And uh, we're hearing lots of quick, quick, quick calls. And so the, the adult was around yesterday. Now, I, I did do some reading. Just, you know, are we, is this a problem? We've got a little youngster on the ground. Is this a problem? No, not normally for tawny owls. Barn owls, it would be a problem. And he's rescuing. Tawnies, no, stay away. Because <laughs> the parents uh, are quite protective. So apparently when you're doing ringing, putting a ring on the, the leg of a, of a tawny owl, you have to wear a, a crash helmet and gauntlets and, and lots of, make sure everything's covered. They can be quite ferocious little things. So be warned. So we're, we're watching at a distance. We keep hearing the calls and we keep just checking everything's all right, but uh, there's not a lot we could do anyway. So we, we're not going to wade into the middle of that situation. Thank you very much. So there's, there's lots of, of new life and new fledglings around, some definite busy backwards and forwards feeding uh, uh, of young blue tits and, and wrens. Uh, blackbirds are busy as well. And I've seen the, the, the thrushes. They're all at that phase at the moment where they're feeding youngsters. So that's nice to see. And it's uh, still relatively quiet. We haven't had many visitors backwards and forwards, so the, the animals are still enjoying the space and the time. So there we go. So that's a quick catch up on what else is happening in the valley. And yeah, we, we had the flooding. I've managed to sort that out. Did I tell you that last week? I'm trying to remember when, when we actually had the flooding. We had so much rain. It flooded in the alpacas all standing in, in water. It's a big, a big puddle. It wasn't very deep, but it was heading into the stable. And so I had to dig out the, the pipe, which had got blocked with gravel. So I rotted through, but the rod just passed through the gravel and uh, settled again. So it was still blocking. So in the end, I had to dig out the pipe, which is good fun. And we've got some new, a new bale of hay that's arrived, you know, haylage. And it's uh, nice, fresh, dry stuff. It's on the dry side of things, which is which they're really enjoying. And it keeps me busy because I've got to keep filling up the hay feeder. So no, never a dull moment. So that's the, the week so far. And should look forward to seeing you again. Now then, I did mention last time about a Zoom call. It's still work in progress. And there will be a place to go, which will be on the website, which is alpacatribe.com forward slash Zoom, as in Z-O-O-M. So alpacatribe.com forward slash Zoom. And you'll find details on there. Because of the time zones, we're going to set up two of these, one to catch sort of Europe and America or Europe and Australia. It's a bit tricky trying to get all three of the areas all at the same time. So we will we'll split our difference and go for two calls instead. So details will be on there. Love to see you and hear you and talk alpacas with you if you are available for that. But check out the details. And I look forward to seeing you again 
very soon. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. And if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca and watch those career when they are around. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.